gentlemen, boys and girls. Episode two. We're back. We 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 liked the way the first one went, and we're gonna keep doing it. So, congrats to us. Yeah, seriously. Um, you know, Ethan, I, I don't know. We should definitely be concerned with if the people listening uh, enjoyed the first episode, but uh, considering nobody's heard it yet, I, I still feel that this is an, an accomplishment in and of itself that we're here once again. Yeah, we're definitely going. Uh, we're definitely going to get some a wave of feedback after. I mean, we're hoping to bank you know a handful of these before we start putting them out. So most likely, we'll get some feedback and we won't be able to make adjustments until. <laughs> you know, down the road, until way great. down the road. So hello yeah. from the past. Um, we don't know when we're going to be releasing this, but, uh, for posterity's sake, it is Monday, January 18th, 2021. So, uh, hello from the past, but today's episode, we're going to talk, we're going to talk a little grunge, Ethan. Is that right? Hell yeah, it is brother. <laughs> we're, think, we're excited. We to have do it. to, we absolutely have to. So in the first episode, uh, hopefully you all have listened to it. Um, but we did not really talk a whole, whole lot about some specifics with music. So today um, we're going to go back into the archives a little bit. We're going to, we're going to rewind the clocks in our head and, and think back to, you know, the first times that we heard, you know, some of these grunge songs and, you know, pick a couple of songs from our personal history and be like, that is when I became a Soundgarden fan or like, this is the yeah. first time I heard a song and I was like, hell yeah, this, <laughs> this is what I want to listen to. Yeah, almost get those, uh, you know, those beginning, beginning stories for each band, and just what draw, drew us in, and and how we kind of got down the rabbit hole. Because everybody does when you find out. I mean, you know, when you find out that Temple of the Dog <laughs> was a band that consists of four other bands, like you know, absolutely, incredible. yeah. So, and and I think everybody everybody has those kind of personal like in almost inside jokes of like oh my god like i just discovered this or like certainly every song that you listen to i think has a, some sort of personal meaning but um you know everybody's kind of path towards becoming a fan of a certain band or a certain genre i mean especially in this case because all of the seattle bands are seemingly so intermingled i mean just mm -hmm. like what you said with temple the dog or like when you find out what mad season was and it's like oh like mike mccready and lane staley were in a band and barrett martin from the trees was in there and it's just there's just everything going on there so um the, the seattle music scene uh the grunge scene if you would like to call it that um, certainly, it certainly has a lot of those, uh, kind of interminglings in, but I think, um, we can go back and forth, uh, if, if the yeah, first overall just... selection, uh, which, which band would you like to start with? I am going to start with a classic that, you know, I, th I think that everybody has watched. It's a music video. It's a song obviously, but it has a music video that is very, that might be, uh, the most popular music video for the four, I would say. Can you can you guess what music video I'm gonna say? It, it's I, gotta be it's gotta be Black Hole Sun, right? It is exactly it is, absolutely. It is, it is exactly <laughs> Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden, and I would say that it's it's obviously it was their that's their highest played radio song, um, and you know some of the alternative stations play it, let alone the classic rock stations. So it kind of it's one For of the sure. songs like "Smells Like Teen Spirit" and and "Daughter" kind of slip into the other you know the other radio stations that don't always play rock. So mm -hmm. uh, that song, you know, as uh, when I was younger, I heard that one 
you know, often. And I remember when YouTube, like right when we were getting into all this stuff, we were, YouTube was where you searched your music. You didn't search. I mean, obviously, you you know, you didn't, you didn't necessarily search Spotify because that probably came around, you know, 2011. So uh, I remember watching it. I think I was like, (laughs) I don't know. I probably was a teenager, probably like 14 years old or something. And I was, I think I actually was a little bit scared watching the music oh, video. Absolutely. And, and, and let me just take a second. Um, everyone we had a moment with this. We Chris. certainly did. But real quick, everyone yes. who's listening to this right now, I guarantee you, you heard, you're hearing us talk about this. And I bet you can think back to the first time that you heard, you saw this yes. music video because it's just, especially like what you were saying, like you see it for the first time when you're like 12 or 13, like you're fairly impressionable at that point. <laughs> like this thing is completely off the rails and psychedelic and everything. Yes. But yes, I, I believe we did have a, a like a, like a collective One, viewing of this. Yeah. We, um, I, I, I think I, I believe that I showed, I had just watched or something and I was like, Chris, have you seen this? And I can't remember what you said, but I was like, we need to watch this together. And it was mm-hmm. actually, we used to lift weights at around like six o'clock in the morning, uh, yep, at, when we at the university of Pittsburgh together. And we were, we were waiting to warm up. It was like literally like, 545 oh, maybe, yeah. it was a, maybe it was after weights but it was like 545 and we were already into it and i was like hey i was like let's i was like hey, we gotta watch this real quick and i remember watching it we were we were using headphones and we were splitting it like <laughs> i had one earbud you had the other yep and we watched this and it was like you know the the screen was basically melting in front of us and <laughs> it was like i mean it was just you get the same reaction every time i, I was blown away i loved it i hated it I remember looking it up and there was like no good explanation to it, you know, cause every, anytime oh, you, know, you, watch, you watch those things, like I need to know why, and there's no good reason. And even like, I think Chris Cornell has came out and talked about the song as being pretty uh, like ambivalent or just yeah. kind of random. Right. I don't, I, there's the yeah, music video and, and is the same way. Definitely. And Chris Cornell throughout his life, he was, he was pretty consistent with the fact that he would never really go into super, like a whole lot of detail about what his songs were about. Um, and, you know, Black Hole Sun, especially that music video is just, you listen to the song and, and certainly it's such a, such a unique song with the way the guitar sound and everything to it. But then when you, when you watch that music video. <laughs> yeah. And maybe uh, if we get really creative, maybe we'll have uh, us Drew to put some, put a little clip in right here and he can, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, can, we could watch some of it. Seriously. But that's the great part about it though. It's, it's so iconic that everybody who's listening right now can close their eyes or maybe it's scarred them so much. They don't even have to close their eyes and they can see the music video yeah, in their heads. I, I'd like to see, like I said, I don't know what music video, what grunge music video comes to your head and, and, but that's probably the most produced music video. Like, I mean, other ones are kind of live oh, yeah. stuff. I, so. I can think about maybe um, like the heart-shaped vo- box video from Nirvana yeah. or obviously the um, the second uh, Jeremy video, which got a lot of play, mm-hmm. is, is kind of two that, two that come to my mind, as well All as right. um, I Stay Away from Alice in Chains. That's a that's a great music video with the claymation. So, so t- 10 years ago, Soundgarden put on you, put uh, the music video on YouTube. Yes, guess how many views? I don't know, like 150 million? Close, 175, close? Oh, 175 million. You can tell I spend too much time on YouTube. <laughs> I, I bet if I clicked on here, I'd find a comment from you a couple years back. <laughs> Seriously. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, I'm in there quite a bit. <laughs> so that kind of, uh, that was definitely the one that 
sparked my interest uh, mm-hmm. as far as searching more online for Soundgarden and kind of seeing where that took me. So I, I'd say Black, Black Hole Sun, it's kind of cliche, but it's yeah. the truth. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, definitely Black Hole Sun was the first Soundgarden song that I had heard because by the time that we grew up and were actively listening to radio, that was that was damn near the only Soundgarden song that would be played on your normal, you know, classic rock radio station. But I remember, I don't know why, I don't know how, the next Soundgarden song that I definitely remember listening to and liking was Pretty Noose from uh, Down on the Upside. So the last mm-hmm. album that they made in the 90s before they broke up until they got back together, you know, 15 years later. And I don't know yeah. what it was about it. Um, just kind of similar to um, to Black Hole Sun. Like, it just sounded different. I mean, the, the guys in Soundgarden were so talented and and their ability to just make their guitars and just everything sound just like a little different was definitely what drew me. And I remember listening to that and, you know, back in the day I I purchased it on iTunes and I was like, this, this is a song that I would like to own. And I used to, (laughs) I used to listen to it prior to um, playing football in high school and before track meets in high school. So that made the, uh, a a young developing Chris Salona's uh, pre- pregame playlist it was it was a staple there <laughs> oh, that's amazing so you so you were listen, you listen to hard rock before football games like that yeah i used Some to pumped up. yeah i mean just i mean at that time all of your usual suspects were in there because once you're start, i mean there was obviously going to be a lot of uh acdc back in black all that stuff i think uh, a couple saw you know plush was obviously going to be in there i think <laughs> I, I alive was probably in there you know just because it's 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 standard issue for something like that so i i, I could probably go back and find it and it would it'd be good for a, for a good laugh nowadays yeah. but yeah soundgarden that's uh I think most people probably, if if they experienced the era after the fact like us, it's probably got to be Black Hole Sun, you know, in terms of what got them into it. So, but then once you get into it, I mean, you go down the rabbit hole real yeah. quickly, just front to back. I think you might have posted something the other day actually that talked about how good every Soundgarden album is front to back. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and, and especially too, like, and it's so when, true. Yeah. And when super unknown broke and black hole sun is certainly the most enduring one, but my, my favorite Soundgarden album is always going to be bad motor finger. Yeah. I mean, there is yeah. not, there is not a song on That's, there that doesn't get my blood pumping. <laughs> yeah. Each, each song hits one after another. And I remember when you first, you were, I think it was you know, like three years ago, 2018. Cause I remember yeah. like, when we were actually, we'll get into it later. We were really hammering the the Lollapalooza and Pink Pop videos. Oh my goodness, yeah! <laughs> and I know I have a ton of those videos of uh, of Chris and the guys um, saved up because they, I mean, it's just some I of always, the best stuff of the era. Yeah, yeah, I always think of that album uh, live for sure. Anyway. All right. Um, let's see. So you pick, you picked Soundgarden. We're going to, we're going to get into a little bit of Alice in Chains now. So, um, I will, I'll, I'll share first. Um, so my, my song for Alice in Chains that got me into them is not wood. So I apologize to everybody. Um, it's, it's certainly the most significant song because I think at this point it has to be the most significant song and we'll, we'll get into, get into the whole wood thing. Yeah, (laughs) they, uh, They want that to be our intro song. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I don't think they will license that to us, unfortunately. So yeah. just, um, yeah, if, if you guys want Wood to be the intro song, uh, I guess just start yeah, talk direct to Jerry. messaging Jerry and 
<laughs> just get, just, just follow Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, follow Jerry. Jerry Cantrell and get him to get his label to uh, give us permission. But anyways, I think for me, I mean, I'm thinking about the songs that I heard on the radio. You hear Rooster, you hear Man in the Box, but um, I kind of, I, I don't want to give those the title just because those were things that I heard. I think the first right. one that I sought out, and it, once again, it's kind of tied to a music video, and I just referenced it, was uh, I Stay Away. Um, that music video, the claymation and everything, yeah. and and just the lyrics. This was another one actually that was on the uh, <laughs> it was on the high school athletics playlist. Um, it's incredible. It's just it just once again. I, I think I, the one commonality I was just drawn to things that sounded a little different. And I mean the guitar intro right there, and and Lane's vocals going into that, you know, in that first verse and just throughout are are weirdly haunting, as most of Jar of Flies is obviously. Right. Um, it's it's got to be I stay away for me. It just sounded different and it caught my attention. Just that acoustic guitar at the beginning, and then when Lane came in and the way that they layered his different vocal tracks on there, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was I was in from that moment moving forward. And it actually took me a little longer to come around to you know a song like Rooster, for example, just because mm-hmm. I didn't. <laughs> I don't think either of us, you know, we weren't we yeah. weren't really on board with it. It, it. it wasn't for us at that point. Yeah, that one gets that one definitely was. Uh, the radio play that was overdone, just like, you know, even flow alive oh, yeah. or smells like teen spirit. You know, the ones that you're going to get that are still are, you know, are on the radio for a reason that they're really great, but mm-hmm. uh, for some reason you can develop a, a tolerance for them yeah, uh, in you, a bad you, way. You can, re- you can reach your fill um, after a little yeah. while. So what's, what's your Alice in Chains song? So yeah, Alice in Chains, I would say that, the biggest connection I have and the biggest exploration I've had with them was throughout. Um, and we talk about this often is, uh, through the toil oh, and yes. for the, for the, Absolutely. for the listeners, uh, the toil is working with your hands, working outside and just hard work. And it's actually a lot of where the, um, where the wood jokes came from into the flood again, Chris and I, we, we, uh, went through years where we would work outside and I worked with a Mason, uh, Andy Engelman, and he is an Austin Mason. Andy. And yes, and he is one of the biggest Allison Chains fans that uh, I ever met. He, he's a guitarist and we've actually played, we played music together and he loves Jerry and absolutely, you know, adores the era. And he's always been uh, somebody that I like to talk to about it. You know, we've always worked together and I play music on the radio and it's funny because Chris, you've never worked with us, but like, right. I, you, we always, uh, you know, he's always was in our conversations about 100%. this stuff and it's <laughs> because Chris, Chris would work at, he, he was working a job, uh, at, you know, parallel trains as we like to say, he was working a job and we were working it simultaneously. And we, yeah, we'd there was that songs. one summer where we were both, yep. I was working a construction job and you were working with Andy and, uh, it was always into the flood again. And then the lyric from no excuses, hands are bruised yes. from breaking rocks all day. And certainly yes. That, I think that was meant to have a little bit of a different meaning, obviously, than manual labor. But that's the best part. Like we took that and we're like, this is yep. this is what it means to us. And I felt like every single day, one of those lyrics was making an appearance yes. in our text conversations. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So uh, my song, uh, I think it has to be uh, Nutshell. Oh, yeah. And a lot a lot of it's because I think it's the first one that I was able to like have a really good conversation uh, about Jar of Flies and about um jerry and 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 his ability to you know write and and lane's lyrics uh, and, and lane's lyrics and, and so you know um 
I just had a lot of, we just talked about, you know, so, I mean, it's nutshell because that had, that easily had the most, when I listen to that in a dark room, that's going to be the one that affects me the most. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, something I really enjoy being like, just being for no other reason, just affected by a song. And, mm. um, but yeah, I think that, that, uh, that summer and it's kind of, I mean, it's, I would say it's kind of cheap, but the whole album of jar of flies, I just think is yeah. definitely the stuff that I've listened to the most, even though, and then of course, like we listened to a lot of dirt, uh, it's a little yeah, heavier because we're outside and whatnot, yeah. but I know that you, uh, have similar feelings on. Oh yeah. And, 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 and I will definitely, uh, give you a pass to, to put the whole jar of flies album down. And just speaking about nutshell, it is such a poignant um, kind of account or description of addiction, mental illness, everything that goes into that. And, and I think going back, you know, that's, that's probably one of the first songs that I listened to that really kind of made yeah. me aware of, you know, everything that maybe Lane was going through at the time. And, and really furthermore, just the ability for music to be, an expressive outlet to talk about things like that and, mm-hmm. and, and any form of art, any form of music and just how, how vulnerable you can be through it. I mean, we, we all know the lyrics and we all know what that song's about. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those songs that I think the first time you listen to it and you really hear what it's hear what it's saying and listen to the lyrics and listen to how it sounds, you restart the song and you listen again because it's just, it just stops you. Yeah, and as as silly as it sounds, because we didn't live through the era, we had to learn that Lane Staley died. Yeah. Right? And we had to learn about these things. And I remember, like, you know, you once you learn that information and then listen to it again, it, it, it was it was such a it was such a journey, you know, and like I said, we we didn't live through it. So it's it's a weird how you like rather than living through history you have to, you go back and learn it and then how you're still affected. And I think that we had a lot of conversations uh, during the, during these times, like during the exploration phase of the genre that um, were great. And like you said, we were able to really, I think, dive, uh, you know, as, as, as deep as we could into those, mm-hmm. into the songs and how it affected us. And Definitely. it was great. And yeah, I just, I always, I mean, that'll always be my favorite song by them. I think. Absolutely, yeah. I I can certainly see why it is, but that's actually a really good point. And I think anybody who's our age or anybody, period, you know, if you're listening to music from the past, it's definitely happened to you before. And I know we've had conversations where you find a song that you like by an artist that you like, and you search more, and you're like, "Wow, this person is really talented. They're really great." And then ten minutes later, when you're looking, looking, looking them up just to learn more about them, you find out that they've passed away. I remember that happened to me, you know, not recently, but I remember very strongly when I started getting to Elliot Smith, for example, and to yeah. find out that he had passed away. And, and Nick uh, Drake, I remember when Nick we Drake, first listened exactly. to Nick. Yeah, he's really important to us. Yeah, yeah, those two yeah. artists I, I, yeah, really love listening to. And yeah, it's such, it is a weird thing when you find an artist and you look them up and something tragic like that happened. Yeah. It's really sad, but yeah, jar, jar flies. That's a, that's, that's a heavy one, but yeah. I I think we might've talked about in the first one, how we alluded to how we attempted to break down the album. Definitely. (laughs) And (laughs) we had a very very far, we had a difficult time. That's when we decided that uh, it's just, 
that's for somebody else to do. Yeah, we were going to shift change a little bit, so uh, we'll we'll keep it rolling here. So it is your selection now. So of the of the uh, the big four uh, Seattle bands that people complain that we post too much of, and also complain that we don't post enough of them. So I don't know which one's right, um, but we've got we've got Pearl Jam still on yeah. the board, and we have Nirvana still on the board. So Ethan, yeah. what's what's your pick? Um, well, before I want a uh, one word answer. Do you think that we post them too often or too little? Too often. <laughs> okay. All right. Ed, for my song, next one, I'm going to go with a little different, but I'm going to go with Lounge Act by Nirvana. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so this this song was another one that we I, I kind of discovered with on the job with, with Andy. Yeah. And the reason I, uh, I really enjoyed this, because when you think of Nirvana, obviously – Smells Like Teen Spirit comes up, but then also a lot of like punk and a lot of like, like really hard to decipher lyrics. And I've, I remember like people didn't like it cause they couldn't understand it. Like, mm-hmm. like my dad, who was like a classic rock guy. Um, and, but uh, Lounge Jack had this kind of cadence to it and this kind of like this really groovy baseline. And it was, it was so different than uh, the stuff that I kind of viewed Nirvana as. And I, I just was like, oh man, like this is like such a, such a groove of a song. Yeah. And I think it's one of Nova Selleck's like, it's one of my favorite stuff. I, I think I, oh, yeah. I posted, I posted just the baseline to that song. <laughs> I remember when you did that. And, and, and people so liked it. But the people, the people that that yes, song the basis the same way that it affected you, their comments, they were like, thank you so much for doing yeah. This is such tremendous work. And I mean, that's, that's the power of music right there, but that's yeah. a real good choice. Yeah. So I just, I remember like, I just listened to it and just being like, wow, like, you know, didn't really, you know, maybe I need to listen to Nirvana a little bit deeper. Yeah. You know, there's some things that I need to get more involved. And we ended up, you know, I was in a band uh, all through high school and a little bit after and, and play with a bunch of people. And we, uh, me and like I said, my boss, Andy, he, we, we played this at a show one time Yep. And it was just such a great, uh, such a great time. It was so much fun. The bassist was having so. It's just like such. It was such a great jam. So I I really appreciate that song, and I just think it's like I said a little bit different from what you usually think of for Nirvana. So Definitely. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And and you made a good point too, um, talking about how you know maybe Nirvana and some a lot of these bands may not be as palatable to people because it's like I can't even hear what they're saying. Can you yeah. think about? Um, so once again, as we said in the first episode, and as we said earlier today, um, we didn't grow up during this. So we, we, we grew up, you know, with having an internet connection in our home and having, it wasn't long until we got smartphones and laptops, computers, all that stuff. Um, I mean, now if I don't, if I, if I'm listening to a song, I I habitually will look up the lyrics and read along. Can you imagine back then, like listening on the radio? you don't know what the hell they're saying. You, gotta, you have to <laughs> yeah. write down the liner notes in a, in a hard copy of an album, which yeah. some people don't know exist anymore. Or, you know, we're just, we're just so spoiled. And even people that lived through that, um, I'd be interested for people who lived through that, whether, whether you prefer how it used to be in the, in the sense that, you know, you couldn't just look up the lyrics or you couldn't just find it online and stream and you kind of had to find a physical copy or wait for it to come around the radio. I imagine there's probably a little bit of nostalgia with that too, is like, Oh, I miss the old days, but I mean, mm-hmm. I'm certainly grateful to be growing up in the era where, where I've grown up that all of this is accessible to me because it makes it so much easier and so much more exciting to be a fan because everything is right at my fingertips. Yeah. Um, 
just a quick little tidbit since you brought it up. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to uh, my current boss, Brian, and he had just recommended a Frank Zappa uh, documentary. It's okay. called Zappa, and it just came out. And he was just telling me a little bit about it. It just came out. It's on like some weird streaming devices. Well, it's on like Amazon Prime and Plus. It's not on the big ones that you probably have. But it, um, he said that Frank, he was like, he was kind of the lead charge of like getting past censorship. Mm-hmm. And he kind of pioneered the idea of putting lyrics on the back of like your album art. So you could like open up the album and read the lyrics and stuff. Oh, so it'd yeah. be like more transparent, I guess. Like I, I haven't watched it yet, but I guess he was like kind of, he, he made his own record label and, and, and like, you know, had all the power with himself. So I'm excited to watch that, but I'm going to have to um, look into that. Um, yeah. I, 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 I did not, I did not know that. Um, and he's, really I cool. mean, he's just an incredible musician that oh yeah I, i'm excited to watch that documentary because definitely just as a fan you know um sure. so all right mine's lounge act nirvana right. i know you uh, love nirvana yes, so let's so hear it. i i have i have a confession to make ethan you already know <laughs> what i'm about to say um i'm probably going to get voted off to some desert island or something something bad is going to happen to me for what i'm about to say um i think you're all right I don't absolutely love Nirvana. <laughs> okay, I said it. I, I don't know why. Um, I really don't know why. I just have never been able to get into Nirvana as deeply as I've been able to get into some of the other bands from the era and from the geographical area and from the genre. Um, but before before you pick up the uh, the old pitchforks and the torches and all that stuff, like I do like Nirvana. They're amazing. They were they're so innovative and they were so important. And <laughs> Kurt Cobain as a human being and just you know what he brought to the table and his ability to express and kind of be be the mouthpiece for a lot of people who yeah. didn't really know how to explain what they were saying. They're amazing, but. Out there of the is four, a lot out of, of the big four. They're definitely number four for me. So I apologize if that ruins your day. But if you're there's a, there's a ton yeah. of debates that could be surrounded them and 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 opinions around it. So oh, exactly. I don't, so you're not you're opinion, not alone. You know? no, yeah, you're not absolutely. alone in it, and it's all good. Yeah. So, but with that being said, um, the first the first Nirvana song that I heard, um. It was Teen Spirit, you know. I don't, I don't know if you've heard of that one, <laughs> but I remember, I remember pretty specifically. Um, I was in seventh grade, so this would have been, I don't know when I was in seventh grade. Shit, two thousand eight, maybe. I don't know, two thousand seven, <laughs> so, something like that. So, um, I don't, I don't really know what I was listening to. Like Green Day was big at the time, so mm. we were listening to a lot of that. Some of my friends were just starting to get into classic rock. I remember. Um, for some reason, one of my friends was oddly into Black Sabbath at the time, which I don't know if 13-year-olds get into Black Sabbath, but this kid was. Um, and I remember one time, I don't know why or how, but my friend showed me a video that had a little the, the, the little snippet, like the first 10 or 15 seconds of Smells Like Teen Spirit with the guitar. I heard that. I was like, wow, that's that sounds pretty cool. Like I need to, I need to find more about that. And then I, I found the song um, smells like teen spirit. I listened to it and I was like, okay, I am a fan of this band, you know? Um, and I think that was probably the first point that I was cognizant of Nirvana. And once, once you know who Nirvana was, I mean, they're inescapable. I mean, the, the smiley face logo, the smells like teen spirit, a Kurt Cobain. I mean, um, all of that stuff, but yeah, uh, my answer is the boring one smells like teen spirit. 
Love it. One of my absolutely. Uh, one of my first early memories with that song was um, we my, we there's a it was probably it might have been yeah same time frame like I don't know 2007 or something yeah, like that a little bit earlier mid aughts yeah but uh, my my family my dad was like weirdly into Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> oh my god and he and he yeah. did a and he did a parody for smells like teen spirit and i'm actually blanking on what a, what the i know exactly where because didn't he spoof the music video too he parodied yep, the music video yep, and, and everything and we, yeah weird i was a huge like visual guy and he would do these awesome music videos that, oh yeah and absolutely hilarious music <laughs> video yeah and i cannot believe that i am blanking on what yeah, the, we're, we're blanking i know exactly what you're <laughs> talking about because i People can probably relate to this. I I bet you can too. Just when you're discovering music, inevitably you will run into a weird Al cover, if you want to call it that, (laughs) of a song that you're looking for. The song was Smells Like Nirvana. (laughs) So he just, and yeah, yeah, it was really funny because he was just like, and I don't know what I'm saying. Like he just, which, if you think about it, was probably not that much unlike what a lot of people were hearing on the radio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know so. what these lyrics mean. I don't know. I can't hear anything he's saying. <laughs> um, so there you go. Maybe it was probably, I mean, some could say that it was the most accurate Teen Spirit cover of all time at that rate. So um, yeah. once again, sorry, Nirvana heresy. I'm going to get voted off. But yeah. yeah. All right. So that leaves us Pearl Jam. Sort of- for the for the big four, so the the final entry, um, and once again, full disclosure, Pearl Jam is absolutely my favorite um, of the big four Seattle bands. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that just needed to be said. Yeah, letting out the opinion on uh, oh on yeah, I'm, the I'm, order. I'm, I mean, people know people are know, coming off. <laughs> pe- people know, now know that Nirvana is at the bottom and. Yeah. Pearl Jam's at the top, the top, so, so you could put late, the put later the two on, in maybe we'll have to, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, yeah. But if y'all have been paying paying enough attention to the page the last few years, you probably know because at some point I, I guarantee you I've ranked my favorites, but um, they're just my favorites because there's it's impossible to say who's actually the best, obviously. And mm-hmm. anybody who is going to waste time doing that is stupid. Yeah, and a lot of that a lot of that comes a lot of the, the ranking or what or however you put it comes of when you listen to it and how you first consume the music so oh definitely yeah it's pretty deep but so favorite band let's hear your song all right so i think i think you're gonna know um you're gonna know as soon as i say it but the the first pearl jam song that i really this could go this could go any which way now that i'm thinking thinking about this could be in a lot of different direct yeah you're right um so you're probably not gonna know but it'll make sense so (laughs) Obviously, you hear Even Flow, you hear Eddie Vedder, you hear Alive, you hear, just as often as you hear that, you hear people making fun of it, obviously, it's pr- particularly right. Even Flow. And there was a kid that I went to high school with who randomly used to break out into his Eddie Vedder impersonation of yeah. Even Flow, um, where you can't even hear what he's saying in the beginning. But, anyways, I was casually interested in that at the time. Um, Pearl Jam, not not this kid's interpretations of Pearl Jam, um, and I don't know how I came across it because it's not it's not one of the songs that you would see first on the list of you know most popular songs or greatest hits or whatever. But the song that I listened to when I was like this like 
this is the shit. Like this, this is, I need more of this in my life was dissident. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> dissident. And, and, and absolutely. we definitely have a, have a joke going on that, that, that opening guitar riff to dissident. Oh, yeah. Um, it is safe. If that doesn't before. bring a smile directly to your face, oh, yeah. then I don't understand. You're not, yeah. a, you're not a Pearl Jam fan and you don't enjoy oh, it's life. Just, it's just absolutely righteous. And that, that whole track, I mean, Ed's vocals are completely on point. Uh, Dave Abruzis on the drum, Dave, Dave A. We love Dave. We love we love we love all Pearl Jam drummers, but yeah, obviously Dave was amazing. Um and that song is that song is just so great. The studio recording's great. Any live performance from like the 1993 94ish era before Dave left the band is just is just top notch. That that was definitely the song. I don't even know how I came across it, but it was another one that I had downloaded off of iTunes and it was probably on every single playlist that I made at the time on my phone. And, and, and that was just, I was like, it, it just sounded like amazing music to me. I don't know. That's probably a really shitty explanation, but you, you understand. Um, yeah, it was, oh, yeah. It was dissident. Yeah. That's incredible. That's oh, a great yeah. one. Um, and I, I would have, I, I would also, I could use that one if I, if I wanted to, but uh, the song that I'm going to say that really got me into uh, Pearl Jam and just kind of, I think, had the most conversation around it in the beginning and similar conversation that uh, that we've had together. Uh, but it has to be a song that at first, like you said, rubbed me the wrong way and I had to yep. come around to it and I had to learn the backstory about it. And now I love it. And it's it's Jeremy. <laughs> oh, Jeremy, really? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So Jeremy, like I remember like the first I mean, I remember like enjoying it but it got really heavily played on by the station that i listened to and mm-hmm. and i remember it was there was just i don't know there was just some buzz around it that i i think my my dad does my dad particularly would make fun of eddie vetter as well and and right and, and Low-hanging Kurt Cobain. <laughs> yeah yeah so they would kind of like make fun of it and i had to kind of get past that as a young boy kind of like wanting to like these bands yeah. and um <clears throat> And it was also the song that uh, it was like the first song that I learned that uh, Pearl Jam like would cur- cursed and that they used the oh, F word. Har- yeah. Harm- harmless little fuck. Um, right. Harmless yeah. little fuck. <laughs> and, like, and like, I remember watching like a few videos and I remember being totally thrown off. Be- uh, like, and I was like, Oh man, I didn't know they cursed. Like, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, it was such a weird, cause I was just super young and right. And, and you, like, you don't even really hear those words, you know, when yeah. you're really little. Um, and then of course, like, as I, I kind of like learned about the the story behind it. Mm-hmm. And Probably when you saw the music video too. Yeah, and... yeah, music video, and uh, you know, I, it it definitely obviously grew on me. And then, you know, the the second half of the song, the instrument, the kind of the ambiance that it creates, and mm-hmm. kind of what you know, after kind of like the first few verses, I think is an ex- extremely well put together. Yeah. It's a well put together song, and yeah. I. It's and another I, song I with really a great bass line from from Jeff and yeah. Man. That's that's a really really solid one. So yeah, absolutely. So that's, yeah, simply put, it was just one of the first songs that just kind of had this had this beautiful like growing relationship with me that mm-hmm. I just appreciate a lot. So I can I can always listen to that song. I Definitely, think. yeah, and and that song. There's just so much. There's so much emotion put into it, and Eddie Vedder has a really good quote. Some interview, sometime, somebody asked him about performing and everything, and and he kind of was talking about how when he performs, 
you know, you can't mail it in and you have to draw back to that emotion. And, and he said, you know, he's like, if you get up on stage and you try to airmail Jeremy and, you know, people are going to know, for example, and it's just, yeah. it has such ferocity to it. And I mean, it's just, I mean, that whole album, the whole 10 album, I mean, any single song on there you could look at and be, Oh yeah. This is so well put together. Yeah. Yeah. The 10 album probably, if we ever go back and we'll probably do, we can do an episode on ranking the albums or what albums are oh, favorite yeah, by each our, one our favorites. And, that's and whatnot. A good one. yeah, it was funny. I thought for a second, I thought that your, your Pearl Jam choice <laughs> was going to be red mosquito. <laughs> if I had known then what I know now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Red that one mosquito. came a little later on though. Yeah. Yeah. That one, that one was a little bit, a little bit later, but I, I, I thought maybe you were going to, you were going to use uh, that one as well, actually. Yeah. Or porch. I was or thinking porch. that because I you almost got that tattooed I on your body. Got, I almost did. Yeah, I I opted for something else, but uh, yeah, yeah. That's um. I mean, there's there's just so many. Even like hard to imagine, for example. But yeah. Yeah. a lot a lot of my song Pearl Jam songs that I'd consider to be my favorites definitely came hard. Hard Stun could be an honorable mention for me. Yeah, although I unfortunately, some... I, I don't know if if some of the listeners do know this or not, but Eddie Vedder didn't write it. Um, yeah, true, true, true. Covered it. So, in, in case you didn't know, the the original writer is escaping me. But go listen to the uh, the original version uh, if you if you're listening to this and you haven't heard it, just to do your due diligence and to to hear. But no, Ed, Ed's version's great. The whole yeah. Into the Wild film, that whole soundtrack is just really great. Um, yeah, yeah, big 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 fans of uh, of of the Ed here. <laughs> So let's, uh, I think that, that that wraps up the big four. I think we yep. got a few honorable mentions that we'll, we'll touch on quickly. Um, I'm assuming we're probably we definitely knocked out a good episode here. So oh, let's, for just, sure. let's get a few final final songs in a f- few words and then we'll wrap it up. All right. Uh, so another one, I think we should talk about STP real quick. Oh, so yeah. think about your what, Stone what Temple about Pilots. Scott? What about Scott? Oh yeah. If, if we, in the, so in the beginning, in the beginning, we definitely were like doing our best to just post the big four. We thought that was right. And, and people were asking, what about Scott? What about Scott? And they were the first, obviously like they're the, you know, they're the fifth one. Most of the, in most conversations. Yeah. Um, what about Scott? Yeah. The amount of times that we've gotten that comment on our posts. It might be the highest Oh yeah, oh, we got that's... a few good ones, a few good reoccurring comments, but that yeah. one definitely comes that, back. That, that one's right up there with people commenting, "Oh, this isn't grunge." Isn't grunge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's another that's another great one. But uh, all right, so Stone Temple Pilots. It's it's a lock for me. You already know, but <laughs> the undisputed champion, the undisputed champion. It's plush. It's plush every day of the week. Acoustic. <laughs> it's it's live like acoustic live. Every everything that you can. Uh, any way that they can play it. Uh, it's one of the songs, it's one of the first songs that I, I learned about, or I, I learned to play from the genre. Oh, yeah. um, it was a, it was a song that our band would play at every show, basically, like I said, acoustic or live. I, I used to play a djembe and we would, we would play it at school. We played around. So it's just one of those songs that we just, we played all the time oh, yeah. and it was like, it was a safe haven. Like if we didn't know what to play or what song to play, <laughs> we would always come back and play that. Cause we could play it pretty it's well. It's like the button our, emoji. It's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Plush. Yeah. Yep. And our, our, our singer, he sang it particularly good and it was just, mm-hmm. it was just so much fun Yeah, and it was pretty easy to play. So yeah, <laughs> we loved no, it. Absolutely. And, and, and if you remember, we, uh, you know, cause I, I've showed you the, the, 
the award before, but we won some, uh, some like a talent show basically at the high school, like our 11th grade year. And it was for uh, best alternative performance or like music performance. And it was plush and it says it and it's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. There were zero doubts that you guys were bringing that home. Once whoever the guitarist was broke into, <laughs> broke into that yeah. first riff. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. I think for my, my, my STP, I mean, for sure. Plush was the first Stone Temple Pilots song, um, you know, that I had heard. Um, fun fact, a little bit of a tangent here. So um, I don't know if anyone is into sports, but <laughs> Ethan, you're going to laugh once I mention this name. Um, Bronson Arroyo was a baseball player yes. uh, for the Red Sox uh, in the early 2000s. And right after they won the World Series in 2004, uh, he put out a cover album. Yes. All covers. It, it had it had Pearl Jam on it. It had Temple of the Dog Foo Fighters, STP, um, you know, it was just like a greatest hits album. And he covered Plush. And I remember listening to that as like an eight-year-old because it was Bronson Arroyo and I was a big baseball fan. I remember listening to that and that was great. But in terms of the band proper, um, because unfortunately I don't think Bronson counts. <laughs> um, I think it would be Wicked Garden, kind of nice. a, a weird dark horse. But that song, I remember listening to it and it was just so unbelievably heavy and just loud and mm -hmm. that was definitely the one for me once again another one that was on the uh on on the young the young pump up playlist from way back mm -hmm. in the day but i i would i would say wicked garden but um you know the stone temple pilots that's definitely a band that i think a lot of people write off just because they're like oh plush was an impersonation of pearl jam which i think is bs um yeah but you know, and that, that led me to move on, you know, deeper into their catalog and, you know, discover Big songs empty. like Big Empty, yeah. which is for yep. sure. I think that's my favorite that's, uh, yeah. STP song that, or maybe still remains or uh, Sour Atlanta. There's Sour Atlanta. Girl. There's, there's so, yep. They were so versatile. Atlanta and I mean, Sour Girl. Those two have oh, some yeah. great, great performances. That I mean, for a band to write Wicked Garden and then to write Atlanta, you know, six or seven years later, or however long it was, I mean, that's versatility. And, and, you know, people were trying to, trying to portray them as being a one trick pony in the early nineties after core yeah. came out. I mean, that's a complete miscategorization when a band can come out with something like Atlanta and yeah, yeah it's just it's incredible. I have one more um, kind of a, a bonus round song for me um, that I listened to. Uh, and I think the, the listeners will appreciate this. I think you will as well. Um, the first song of this band that I heard, and I was like, this is going to be really important. Um, you got it. Keep it out of my face oh. <laughs> by mud, honey. The only grunge band in the, the entire only real universe. Band. Yeah. There's it's, only it's one grunge band. In there's it. only one and it's mud, honey. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, this is the greatest mud honey song. I don't care. Your opinion is wrong. Mine is correct. You could take, you could, yeah, you could even t rearrange that and say, this is the greatest song. Oh yeah. <laughs> greatest composition. Like any, anything else that's ever been, ever been written. It, yes. it, it can't hold a candle to this. I mean, just that the, is my favorite grunge song ever. <laughs> my favorite that's a good song one. That's, ever. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great. And I know we've gone back and forth. I mean, the lyrics are just so great. You know, you think you you think just because you've got it, you think everyone wants you. Well, guess yes. what? I don't want it. <laughs> Keep it out of my face. And there's so many. It's so it's so the amount of times that you texting in life. The amount of times you texted me that. Oh yeah, I mean, when it comes to oh, you think I want it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Keep it out of my face. And just Mark Arm just screaming and everybody just going nuts. Yeah, that one, that one's great. That's that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. that's certainly one for me. Do you do you have any other any other dark horses or outside of I, the, the big yeah. four or right. I, I do. I have a one few more. that I wanna I have a few that I wanna yeah. bring up. Uh and you're gonna love this one, but got a shout out to one of my favorite uh one of my favorite bands of the era, Dinosaur Jr. <laughs> feel the pain yeah absolutely that's we, lo- we love that song i love jay jay mascus on the guitar and it's just for some reason when i first i mean when i was first recommended them i i listened to them a lot i love i love the voice i love the guitar and as you know we love that song i feel yeah. the pain of everyone and now I feel nothing. And I feel absolutely nothing. And and if you're uh, Ethan, I, I think both of us are um, tend to be people pleasers and helpers and empathetic people to a fault. And that lyric has always um, has yeah. always hit home. It's like, yeah, like I've taken on everybody else's pain, and then at the end of the day, there's no there's no kind of come down from it easily. It's like, nope, there's just nothing there. And then you yeah. got to recharge and go into hiding a little bit. And the song has this like like really like kind of mellow and just kind of methodic. And I think it's like the, I feel nothing like, yeah. it's just like that song that just kind of goes mm, and then a little uptick and, and then, then it just, yep, and then it goes up and then it just back it down right back it. down to that guitar riff. Yeah. That's, that's a great one. Yeah. That's, it's good. Yeah, there, there's there's uh, so much good music. Another one that I want to bring up that I really love one of my favorite guitar solos in probably, I don't know, just in the era and the, um, the type of guitar uh, guitar solos you get is uh, "Backwater" by oh the Meat my Puppets. Gosh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, oh, yes. I just I love I the love that song. Meet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just something about it. It's just so good. I just love the guitar in that song, and it's just such a fun song for me. Yeah, that's that's a great one. Um, I, I think one one more bonus round for me. Um, I think if if you guys have been following the page, particularly over the last, you know, nine nine to twelve months, you'll notice that um, we slash I, but mostly me, um, have quite the affinity for Mark Lanigan and the Screaming Trees and mm. anything that Mark has done. Um, so, Dollar Bill by the Screaming Trees yep. is, is definitely on that list. I remember hearing that one for the first time, and and I think it has been in my top five. Um, top five songs on my Spotify year in review for like three or four years in a row. It's, it's, it's one of, it's, it's a song that has cracked the code for me in the sense that it is impossible for me to get tired of it, um, which is pretty rare. I mean, I get tired of most things after a while, something that did it for me before is not going to do it for me forever. um, And and a lot of areas, but yeah, dollar bill has, I don't know what it is. Um, that's just a fantastic song. So that would, that would be, that'd be another one that the minute I listened to it, I was like, I am a fan. I'm declaring yep. myself a fan of this band of these individuals and anything that they have ever done or will do. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, I knew I, I, I was kind of my guest when you, when you brought up land again, I was, I, I yeah. knew you were going to put got, say gotta dollar. Be dollar bill. That's just a fantastic, fantastic and, song. And I think the last one that, uh, that we, that I want to I want to bring up yep. is uh, hunger strike. Hunger I think strike. I think oh, that yeah. we that's one of the probably the most sent back and forth song between you and I. Uh, definitely back you know back in 2016 when we were oh yeah we were just hammering away. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and that and, is also that that song is also one of if not the greatest songs to um to drunkenly duet with somebody who might like grunge rock um <laughs> yes. you know somebody somebody take vetter somebody take cornell whether you whether you're actually able to or not it does not matter you yeah. just 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 belt it out yeah that song that song's a great one um certainly one that I think is played a lot too. So it's kind of one of those first contact points. And I, I think going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, actually, when you put two and two together and realize that Temple of the Dog was essentially Pearl Jam and Soundgarden together. I can't remember if in the beginning, if I thought it was a Pearl Jam song or a sound, whatever, but you yeah. know, it was like mind blowing. I was like, Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like yeah. And I remember having, plutonium. <laughs> having, having to have someone explain it to you and like, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is, that is a, that is a great one to end on right there. So yeah. um, I, I think um, as hopefully if you're still with us, you can definitely think back to these bands and, and maybe even these same songs and be like, this is what I remember and these are the songs that I remember listening to that made me a fan of this band, this musician, this genre. Um, so we'd love to hear, uh, you know, drop us a message or, or leave us a comment on anything that we're posting. You know, some of the songs for you that were those kind of seminal songs that really got you into these bands, because I think we all have them. We certainly all have mm-hmm. them. And, and I think they'll stand the test of time, like 20 years from now, the songs that we just mentioned are still going to be the songs that, you know, we'll recall very fondly. Yeah. It's, it's always fun discussing why you like a band and it usually comes down to a song. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. It's kind of fun to go back and talk about, talk about a few of these songs and a few of these bands more in depth. Uh, So good idea, Chris, that was fun. Yeah, absolutely. This was a blast. So once again, uh, episode two is officially in the books, which also coincidentally is exactly two more episodes than I ever thought I would make in terms of episodes that I would make for a podcast. So we're we're breaking down barriers with each and every single episode that we record. And we might we might just say that every time we record too. We probably so. will. So, cause one of the times we're going to be right and it will be the last one. So um, maybe I don't think it'll be this one. I feel fairly confident that a third yeah. episode will be coming in the near future. So if you yeah. liked this one, uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for episode number three, and we will speak to you then. Thank you very much guys. We love you. Rock Absolutely. and roll. Loud love rock and roll. <laughs>